everybody. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast. This is Danielle, Aaron, and Beth. And we are here to explore the connection between humans and dogs and to give you some tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And it's a special one. I'm here I'm Danielle Grachik. We also have Miss Erin Jorick. Hello, hello. And we have Mr. Mark Sterry, our producer. Um, today, our special guest is Dr. Young. She is a, a veterinarian with Banfield. Shout out to Banfield. Um, so I am so excited to ask her so many questions about dogs and COVID because I don't know about you, but I have heard the craziest things um and i just want to clear some stuff up so anyways hey dr young hello hello how are you good thank you for being here today thank you for having me so we're let's just jump right into it dogs and covid can you give us the quick and dirty the quick and dirty is that there have been reported cases of dogs contracting covid and those cases have been where dogs are exposed to people that have had COVID versus a dog, like a dog's not going to necessarily give somebody COVID. Uh, or give each other, like a dog or could give, give each it. other okay. COVID. From what we know, the cases that have been reported in dogs and cats mm-hmm. have been from exposure to people that have COVID. And of course, just like everything with this pandemic, we just know what we know right now. Right, exactly. And it's always evolving. Our knowledge is always sure. evolving. And also everybody, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have Dr. Young here, but it does not take the place of seeing your veterinarian one-on-one with your dog because every dog and cat um, and hamster is is different. So these are just some broad um, answers to your questions. So it does not take the place of medical um, advice. Just had to get that in there, folks. <laughs> Nobody cancel us, please. Um, okay. So um, general rule of thumb, like Let's say I get COVID and my dog sleeps with me. I definitely make out with my dog (laughs) on a daily basis. That's the only making out I'm getting, by the way. (laughs) And um, there would be a large chance of me giving my dog COVID in that situation. Not necessarily. I don't think that we know that. We don't know it. No, we don't know that. But you probably should... But if you have been diagnosed with COVID Uh or you're suspicious that you may have COVID... okay then you should socially distance from your dog. Oh, okay, so that's good to know. Yeah, so if you have those issues going on with yourself, yeah, then it would be wise to have somebody that you trust yeah. to take care of your dog okay. while you are ill. That's good to know. And then same thing, like if your dog, let's say you have COVID and your dog is with you and you know that you need to be socially distancing, but your dog gets sick, then you should also have a trusted person in your life take your dog to the veterinarian. Oh, yeah. So you yourself, being potentially COVID positive, shouldn't be bringing your dog to the veterinarian. On your own, you should have somebody do that for you. Got it. Okay. That's really good to know. Um, What about if, like, your dog was playing with another person 
person and dog. So you're socially distancing, but like your dogs like meet up with another dog friend on your walk and you know these people because they live in your neighborhood and your dog the dogs mix it up you're still being socially distanced from the other person um you have your mask on but the dogs are playing together and the both dogs are fine and then you find out oh crap my neighbor has covid and my dog played with their dog yeah it's a good very complicated question okay so this like anything with this time in our life yeah with covid we should be socially distancing our dogs too. Oh, okay. So that's so good to know. So okay. they should be on a six foot leash and they should be distanced from other people and other dogs okay. if possible. Okay. So it's kind of like with us with holidays or social gatherings or anything mm-hmm. else, we really need to be extra, extra careful. Okay. And there's so many things that we can do with our dogs at home. Yeah. There's so many things that we can do to give them that special time that doesn't necessarily have to involve other beings right now. Right. Okay. So just to hammer this point home, (laughs) because it's in my head. So my dog, I have my dog out in the world and somebody pets my dog. If that person does have COVID, there could be a chance of that, the transmission of that disease to me on my dog. I think this is another area where we really don't know enough. We don't know that viruses can live on fur or skin and be transferred. Mm -hmm. But if you think about like you touch the doorknob and the door, like let's say, you have COVID Mm -hmm. and you touch the doorknob because you didn't wash your hands Mm -hmm. and then somebody else goes and touches the doorknob or the water bottle. Yeah. And let's say you're like enter your dog as being the water bottle or the doorknob Mm -hmm. as sort of like a transferring object. Right. Then it's theoretically possible. Okay. So it's still really important to use good hygiene. So to be if you're petting or playing with your dog or if somebody else is petting or playing with your dog, even though they shouldn't be because of social distancing, mm-hmm. it's still really important to be washing your hands. Got it. To not be making out with your dog. <laughs> to you know, to like really be okay. Using some common sense. Just like you would with a person. So if you are in like a public bathroom or you shake hands with a person and then you forget, oh my gosh, we're in the time of COVID. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have shook their hand. Mm-hmm. Then you need to wash your hands. Got it. No masks on your dogs. No using sanita- sanitizer as like bath soap. See, this is good to know because I think I've heard of people like wiping their dogs down. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I still think that it's important to reach out to your veterinarian. If you have any questions about your specific dog as far as what bath soaps to use and things like mm-hmm. that for routine bathing. Mm-hmm. But using sanitizer, Lysol wipes, things like that is not a good thing to be doing for right. your dog. Yeah. Right. And no mask, and obviously, no masks because on your that dogs. impedes your dog's Correct. breathing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm sorry I'm hogging Dr. Young, everybody, but I have one more question. So we have um, 
recently restarted our programming in Ramsey County Juvenile Detention Center, and it's just thrilling to be back there with them. We have a COVID station when we go in. There's been no reported cases there, but we're also, of course, everybody's masks masked and we are requiring all the participants to wear gloves Mm -hmm. is that an unnecessary measure or do you think that that is um like stay with that protocol i think that that's an okay protocol to follow i mean as a veterinarian in our practice with banfield pet hospital we're pretty careful too when Mm -hmm. it comes to protecting ourselves of course to protecting our clients Mm -hmm. And we wear gloves yeah. all the time. Right. Well, it, the students don't seem, didn't seem bothered when I yeah. taught the class there. So um, I'm just going to go roll with that because why yeah. not if it's not impeding right. the process? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as long as you're aware of the fact that there are some people that have things like latex allergies mm-hmm. and things like that, that it would, yeah, I think it's a really good protocol to okay. follow. It's just an extra safety precaution and why not? Yeah. You okay. know, if there's no, if there's no consequence to it, then right. why not? Right. Yeah. But I mean, in that this kind of leads me down another thought path is when it comes to your dog's health care, if you're worried about something happening with your dog, then just know that most veterinary clinics are being really, really careful about things right now. And Mm -hmm. it's still important to be bringing your pets in when you think that there may be something wrong. So um, there are opportunities like curbside service Mm -hmm. that we're incorporating. And most places, like at least with Banfield Pet Hospital, we are masked. We are gloved. We are using hand sanitizer. We're being really careful about contact when it comes to like limited in-room exams and things like that. Right. So um, it's really important that if you feel like your pet is sick, that you reach out to your veterinarian and get the help that they need. And people... uh, people are at home right now Mm -hmm. and you i mean i am so surprised at how much more people are noticing with their animals oh sure it's insane like people are seeing anxiety signs and all sorts of illness signs in their dogs that they never were noticing before because they were at work 40 hours a week so it's i mean it's a real deal like you can see things that you maybe weren't before which yeah. is a good way. It's, it's so good, good in a way, you know. Right. Well, I was just going to bring up we m- my family experienced a, a pet that passed in September mm. and something that we didn't realize we were we were kind of grateful for COVID cuz we had so much time at home like with him so we could really watch what was happening? I mean, it was very unfortunate, but we were able to be present and and react in the moment whereas, you know, pre-COVID, we weren't home that often to care for him right. and see that. Yeah. And I noticed I, I took another pet to the vet that last week and our, our vet is so busy right now. Mm-hmm. And my instinct was, cause everybody just got COVID pets. Um, you know, so everyone's bringing their new puppies or whatever in. I think that's a really important point though. Folks are, are seeing their pets and maybe they're more um, sensitive to their needs. Totally. Yes. And I feel like there are a lot of pets right now where like for the pet that your family lost, how I'm, I mean, in a way, what a blessing in disguise that you could be around that pet for this whole time 
watching and going through that with them. Right. It's my husband and I just kept saying like it is so tragic, but it's also so yeah. it was a blessing that right. we had this that was probably like the best time of your dog's life. He was a cat. Oh, cat. He, he was also, yes. Yeah, see, best time of your cat's life. Even better, because cats are, like, so reclusive in some ways. Sometimes, not all cats. I have cats that act like dogs. But that is so good, I think. But it is really important to know that the veterinarians, I mean, emergency veterinarians, general practice veterinarians, we're seeing a surge in people that really need us to be there to help with their pets, which it's really, I mean, it's awesome that we get this responsibility and get the privilege to be there to help with these things. But at the same time, it can be crazy, you well, know? Shout out to all the vets, all the healthcare workers, all the vet techs. I mean, shout out to you guys for staying in there in the trenches because what would we do? Like, honestly, to me, my veterinarian is like way up there on the list mm-hmm. of people who are valuable to me in my life. I don't have human children. So like my animals um, and their health that it's just so important that I have right. somebody reliable that I can trust that's there for me because in times when your animal is sick, you feel so vulnerable and powerless because, well, first of all, your animal is sick, but also there's not a lot that I can do as a layperson, And there's, a, and I don't have the, knowledge or information to do it however um you and i talked kind of off the air about empowered intuition Mm -hmm. which i love so i wanted to bring that up so you could kind of talk about that a little bit yeah i mean i think that it's really especially as a pet owner it's really important to know that you do have instincts you do have intuition and if you think something might be wrong maybe hold off on panicking right away but reach out to people wait i thought i was supposed to panic oh yeah that's what i'm good at i'm good at panic (laughs) at like thinking the worst possible case scenario and just completely panic and run around like a maniac that's right that's not the right no when you say you do have intuition for me so that's why the empowered intuition is important because for me my intuition might have been a little bit um, out of tune from right. like childhood stuff, just mm-hmm. the world, et cetera. So I feel like my intuition immediately leads me into the dark zone and then I flip out and then I my dog is walking around just fine. Right. And I'm like, but he itched just he keeps it itching. Yeah. Well, Back. right now, if you're in COVID land yeah. and you see your dog cough, yeah, you might right. think, oh my gosh, yeah. my dog yeah. has COVID and go down that path. It's 100% yes. true. Yeah. But that's why I think it's really important to have healthcare providers, to have veterinarians and veterinary technicians that you know and you trust. I mean, there are some scary pieces of information out there. And if you have somebody that like, for instance, I think we've talked a little bit before about like if your dog is limping. Right. And me as a veterinarian, one of the things I love is teaching people like feel this. This is one of the things I miss about COVID 
is or that COVID has taken away from me rather is that ability to have somebody in an exam room with me looking at their dog where I can say put your hand here okay I'm gonna flex and extend Mm -hmm. their knee can you feel that crunching that grinding and to be able to explain things so that I'm teaching you what to notice what to watch for in your pet so Mm -hmm. that then you can say okay he's limping today Dr. Young said this could be this. So you still have that intuitive like, oh, I see something's happening with my pet, but now I have some tools that I can access. And that to me is empowered intuition. There's knowledge behind it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Knowledge behind it. Right. Instead of just wild speculation, which is my go to. Yeah. And knowing like there's a lot of research based tools that you can use. You know, it's kind of like breathing and how does that affect the parasympathetic nervous system there's research behind that well there's research behind a lot of things that we do in veterinary medicine and a lot of things that we teach clients and knowing those things can help you as a pet owner to be able to recognize things and not hit the panic button right okay so relative to covid Mm -hmm. what signs would you be looking for in your dog, cat, animal that would indicate you need to get them seen? See, this is where it's also tricky. Ah. So there have been some reports of pets that have been diagnosed with COVID that don't always have clinical signs, Mm. too. So just because your pet, and this is, again, where I don't think that there's enough research to really know one way or the other, Mm -hmm. what what exactly do I need to be looking for? So if you feel like your pet is ill then it's important to reach out to your veterinarian. Mm -hmm. If you have been diagnosed or suspect that you may have COVID, then it's important to socially distance from your pet. So wait, I'm just wondering how... who gets their dog tested that doesn't or cat not that, very many people that right that, yeah it's that, not like a routine test that we're doing okay no so base so the scenario is somebody in the home has COVID and then they want their animal tested so then the animal gets tested no not okay. necessarily I think that too it's not not an automatic like step one is I have COVID step two is I get my dog yeah. tested but some of the signs that you may see would be respiratory okay so, but there is a COVID test for animals? But there is animals? a COVID test, yes. Okay. So it's just that that's not, it's not a routine test sure. that we're doing. And we're, of course, like as veterinarians, we're working with the state veterinarians and things like that, too, to make sure that all of the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Got it. And that we're trying to do our best by both the human healthcare system and the veterinary healthcare sure. system. But it's just one of those things that's always evolving and we just don't know right. everything about it. Right. So, well, and, so it's tricky. Oh, sorry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it a is it a situation where you might try and rule out COVID first with your pet? I don't think so. No, okay. No, and it there again it's going to depend on what the history is. Got so it. if you have a dog that has respiratory signs but they haven't to the best of your knowledge been exposed to somebody that has COVID, then you're not going to necessarily go down that path. And this is where working really closely with your veterinarian and being very transparent with them as much as you can be about what the history is. That's where good history taking is super important 
because if they've been exposed to somebody that has COVID, then they're going to be more suspicious of it. Okay, that's really good info. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. I've heard that. Empowered intuition. Yes. Yes. I love that. Empowered intuition Mm -hmm. with Dr. Young. (laughs) Yes. Do you want to start a podcast? Because I think we got the name for you. Start here. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, we're definitely going to have Dr. Young back. Um, But before we go this time, we have a question for one of our students. Yeah. So, Dr. Young, one of our our students, Rachel, she reached out with a question about sterilization. Mm-hmm. So um, when you when to when is the optimal time to spay or neuter your dog? That is an complicated, a complicated question. So there are situations where we encounter dogs that are spayed really early or neutered really early. And then there are other situations where they're spayed or neutered later in life. So sterilization equals neutering or spaying your animal. And there are differing opinions. Even specialists disagree on this. So in the 1980s, there was a huge movement in our country towards sterilizing earlier because there was also an issue with pet overpopulation. But more recently, there's been some research showing that if you spay or neuter your dog too early, then you can increase, potentially increase their risk of arthritis, obesity, certain types of cancer. But that doesn't affect all breeds either. So it seems to me that there are some larger breeds that are more affected in that way. So if you were to spay or neuter a large breed dog earlier, then they may be at a higher risk for obesity. And the risk of obesity is incredibly high in this country, particularly. Just like human obesity is a problem, the trend towards pet obesity is also a problem. So whatever we can do to mitigate that risk would be a good thing. But there are also other situations where if you wait too long, then there are risks for pyometra, which is an infection in the uterus, if you're spaying your dog, for instance. So it's a very complicated question. And this is where it's really important to work with your veterinarian so that they can address the health needs of your specific dog. Is there a rule of thumb like between four months and seven months or nope? Nope. nope. There is There's not. not. What a if rule you decide to not spay or neuter your pet? Is that okay too? There I feel like it's really important for pet owners to be really well educated in this realm Mm -hmm. and to make the decision that they feel is best for their situation and for their pet. Again, working with a veterinarian, there are some countries where spaying and neutering is not routine and pet overpopulation is not a thing in some of those countries. How does it that just work? depends. It's all about the human animal yeah. bond, I think, and responsibility right. towards those animals that we're caring for. So I think that there yeah, there's no real rule of thumb, I don't think. Does does Banfield have um, resources as far as articles and things that people can go yeah, and, and read up on? Yeah, you can go on, on to Banfield.com and there's resources there about 
about spaying and neutering pets. There's a lot of information about there. And there's a lot of information that's good information. And there's a lot of information that's mixed. And there's a lot of bad information out there, too. So I know I keep harping on this, but it's really, really important to have a trusted relationship with somebody that's a veterinarian. Right. Because every pet, just like every person, like what you need for your health care is probably very different mm-hmm. from what I do. And it's important for us to have trusted partnerships with our healthcare providers yeah. so that they can address those specific concerns. Cause what a mini poodle needs is going to be very different from what a great Dane needs. Sure. Mm-hmm. Certainly a good place to start would be banfield.com. Yeah. Some good absolutely. solid uh, science-based yep. info on that site. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you you for are amazing. Me. Thank you for being in the trenches, yes. taking care of all of our animals. Um, and you will definitely hear more from Dr. Young in the coming weeks. We will talk about the human animal bond um, and some more um, ways to get grounded do some breathing, do some meditating, do some soul searching um, with your animals. And Dr. Young has some great insights into that as well. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Um, Until next time, everybody, we see I see you. You matter and get out there and do good with your dog. Bye.